Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey, welcome to Pinewood and welcome to the final session of conference. Wow, conference was a really, really special weekend. We call it a conference for movements because we really want to lean into the principles and the culture and the DNA of movements. You see, you can do things through addition, but I believe that God has called us to be a church that multiplies. Think of it this way. Whenever you know we all go out and we make a disciple, one or two disciples, well, then those disciples go make disciples. Those disciples make disciples. That is how we see a movement of the Spirit, a movement of God, and that is our heart for this city. It's not just that we would see one or two, although we are here for the one or two, and we celebrate that, but that our heart and our prayer is that we would see the whole entire city come to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But we're not going to stop there. We believe that what God is starting here in Boulder is going to expand out and touch all of Colorado. We've already sent people out to different parts of Colorado. We've already commissioned them out, but that it doesn't stop there, but that it goes out into our entire nation, which again, we've also done send people out and then it goes to the end of the earth. This is Jesus' final command to us. He says to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to what? Obey. All, obey or observe, depending on the translation, all that I have commanded you. And he said, no, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So as you are going out, as you are being sent, you are not alone. Throughout this conference, which this is why we're ending the way that we're ending, we have been talking about the core elements, some core principles of what we call DMM. Stands for Disciple Making Movements. So we kicked it off with prayer and fasting and what the scripture has to say about that and how we are to respond. Then we talked about serving with a purpose. As followers of Jesus, we are called to serve and to lay our lives down for others. Then we talked about evangelism, sharing our faith, and then making disciples, and not just making disciples that grow in the knowledge of who God is, but our heart is that as we grow into the knowledge of who God is, we are obedient to what he has called us to do. We want to be little Christs, little Christians. We want to be like Jesus. Therefore, we not only want to follow his example, but whatever Jesus tells us to do, the answer is yes. Jesus calls us to serve. The answer is yes. Jesus calls us to go. The answer is yes. He calls us to step out in faith and tell a family member or a friend, hey, I'd like to tell you about how my life has been changed by Jesus. And he calls us to do that, and our answer is yes. Today we're concluding that conversation or the conversation on being sent, living sent. Going out and being sent by God is not just one 
moment in your life. But God is sending you out. I mean, saying, well, it, it, I've heard it said that some are called to stay and some are sent. And so I, I'm the one that's called to stay. Let me encourage you in this. We're not called to stay. Stay comfortable. Stay where we, 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 we like it. Stay what's, what's known. We're called to go. This, this was literally in the commission almost said as if it was assumed. We are called to go. And Jesus even says himself, just as I am sent, so I am sending you. So the question is, where is he sending you? Not if you are sent. Where is he sending you? Where is he calling you to go? Where is he calling you to take the light, not to hide it under a bushel? No. Well, yeah, one Sunday school kid. One Sunday school kid. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. He's called us to go into the night with the light of Christ to be sent. But the question is, where are you being sent? In your home. In your neighborhood. Man, I got a deep, deep call over my life right now from my neighborhood. It's in the prayer cards every week to the intercessors in the house. It's just deep call for my neighbors to know Jesus. I have personally been sent to my neighborhood. Maybe you've been sent to a gym. Maybe you've been sent to a different part of town or your family. But we're going to be looking at two ordinary saints. I think when we think of the idea of being sent, it's like that's for church planters and that's for missionaries. Well, I want to commission you today. You are now a missionary, and you have been called to go. But we see here in Philippians chapter 2, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. Philippians 2, 19 through 30 is what we're going to be looking at. What we see here is two ordinary saints. One of the reasons why a lot of people, I think, can't relate to this idea of being sent is like, well, I can't be Paul. I can't be the apostle Paul. This man planted countless churches, pioneering new territory, sent by the Spirit. So if you have that feeling, then I'm going to encourage you today on two ordinary saints that were sent that did miraculous work out of the book of Philippians. So we're going to be looking at Timothy and Epaphroditus. Let's read this together. Now, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know this, you know his proving character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how see send him. Well, let me pick it back up. I completely lost my, my place here. Verse 20, therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, 
since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him, and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. Let's pray and then I'm going to dive in. Father, we love you. Father, speak through me today. I pray these are your, your words, what you want the people to hear today. Empty me, Father. Fill me with your spirit. God, I pray that as your word goes out, it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Meet people where they are, Jesus. Change and transform them from the inside out. We pray this in faith, in Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message is Sent to Serve. Sent to Serve. A little bit of background on this text. Paul loves the church at Philippi. He planted this church on his second missionary journey. The church at Philippi has been very encouraging to him. They have financially supported him. And so he is writing this letter back to say, thank you. Thank you, church of Philippi. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your generosity. But then in this point specifically in the story we see through the book of philippi he's not only thanking them he's encouraging them and then in the first half of the uh, book of philippians he's speaking towards their faith and then here halfway through the book he takes a pause and it's almost like he's saying a for example and he gives a for example pointing out two ordinary saints that were sent to serve the first is Timothy. Now I hope in the Lord to send Timothy. Paul uses this word send four different times in this book. Now if he's going to send Timothy, then I think of the posture and the heart that Timothy had to be sent. Paul, this is like a relationship like a father and a son. Apostle Paul, like we're where would you have me go? Timothy, I'm going to send you. So I was reading that. I was thinking about the posture of Timothy. I was thinking, do we, do we still carry that same heart posture that Timothy had? Or have we become very comfortable in where we are? And a question you could ask yourself to determine whether or not this is true. Would you be willing to pray, God, where are you sending me? Where do you want me to go? And, and I'm not talking about to your neighborhood. God, where do you want to send me anywhere in the world? Wherever you say, the answer is yes. God is calling us to live our lives with open hands. To lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel. To be able to say, where you send me, I will go. Where you lead, I will will follow. This was the heart posture of Timothy. And, and the simple statement is this, God, I'm available. I'm available. 
I love uh, a saying. It says that God is not looking for your ability, but your availability. He's not saying, are you qualified to go? He's saying, are you available? <clears throat> he doesn't say, Timothy is a good teacher. I love Jesus's, what, what he calls out in Timothy. I love what Paul calls out in Timothy. Uh, for I am no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. I love that he doesn't say, Timothy, he's, he's a gifted teacher. He's a charismatic, dynamic leader. He's a qualified entrepreneur. Now, what does he say? He's, he loves people. He's unselfish. He, he genuinely cares for people. He genuinely cares about your interests. He's unselfless. I love the attribute that he calls out. I think so often when we look at those that have been sent, it's like, well, those are for the evangelists. Those are for the ones gifted in starting new things. Those are for the ones that like to pioneer to ter new territory. What if the ones that he wants to call out are the ones who genuinely care about people? Genuinely want to love and serve people. All seek their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. He's drawing a distinction here between everyone else, but then there's something specific about the people of Jesus Christ that's unique. The thing that is unique about these people is they live selfless lives. They're here to serve other people. They lay down their lives for others. So I wrote very, five very simple ways that you can live selfless as Timothy did. Number one, ask good questions. I've heard it said that the greatest story you could tell someone is their story. Ask good questions about their lives. How, you, we've all been in these conversations where, you know, the one-upper? Man, yeah, had a good week. Went, uh, went to the lake. Well, I went to the beach. Like, okay, you know? Flew to LA. Well, I flew to Paris. It's like, where would you, what are we doing? Why are we, what are, where, where is this leading? Um, <laughs> I went to the bathroom. There, up that, up that, okay? <laughs> up that. But where everything naturally goes back to them, and it's such a natural thing for us to do, but what if instead we were people that were curious about others and their stories and their lives? Tell me more about that. Well, how did that make you feel? Well, what is God calling you to do here? Ask good questions, I think, is a critical part of showing humility and showing interest and genuine care for others. Number two, hear their stories. Uh, you know, this is a cheesy saying, but I think the greatest gift you can give someone is your presence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Eye contact. Genuine affection. Not looking over their shoulder like surely there's got to be a better conversation in the room. Or, or not looking, not even engaging in a conversation because you already know there's too many issues here. But pure, like eye contact, like presence, like that's good. Tell me more. Tell me more. I care. I'm invested. I want to know. Asking good questions, hearing their story with a gen genuine heart. Then as you hear, looking for opportunities to serve their needs. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. So a question. You may say, man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm two, I'm two of the five already. I feel like I ask good questions. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty present. When is the last time you discovered a need of someone? Maybe at your workplace or someone in the community, you discovered a genuine need and you said, I'm going to meet that need. Or when's the last time you made an effort to find a need to meet a need? Someone that shows genuine care and concern for someone is who is someone who is serving needs. I want to be a people, a church, a house of faith that not only serves and meets needs, but we go above and beyond and we're like, wow, this was too much. This was, I mean, this is more, wow, thank you so much. This was more, you didn't have to do that. No, 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 we love you. We care. We're called to be generous. We're called to serve and to have genuine care and concern for other people. Number four, stand up for them against adversity. It's easy to genuinely love and care for somebody when they genuinely love and care you back and it's going well and they serve you and you serve them and things are going great. But what about when there's adversity on that person and now you have to put your name on the line to stand up for them and say, actually, uh, no, you're, you're not going to talk about them like that. I care for them. I love them. I genuinely care for them. You obviously don't. You attacker. You bully. But I, I love this person. You know, I know what they're walking through. You don't. You haven't heard their story. You don't know what they've come through to get to where they are right now. If you did know, you would celebrate where they are right now instead of trying to tear them down further. Genuinely caring about somebody is serving them, but beyond that is protecting them. It's standing up for them against adversity. And then number five, Genuine care and concern for somebody is not just saying like, I see and understand your past and I'm living with you in your present, but genuine care and concern for somebody is that you care about their future. You believe something bigger and better than everyone else believes about those people. I, I mean, I could see Timothy, Timothy is this kind of leader. He's not going in saying, you guys are you know, you guys jacked up. We're going to fix all this. He's going in saying, no, no, no. Wow, I see something happening here at Philippi. I believe in you guys. Prophecy is never tearing down. Have you ever been around prophets that they feel like that is like calling out and tearing down? Prophecy is building up. We're called to speak into the future and speak into the potential of the people around us if we genuinely care about people. Anybody been around somebody that just speaks so much hope in your life. In like a conversation, you're like, ah, this has happened to me multiple times already this morning where I had conversations with people and they were like, like all five. They're like, how did that make you feel? How's it going? That is not true of your life. Stand up. God has a big plan and purpose for your life. And all of a sudden I walk in like this and I walk out, I'm like, yeah, I can. all right. Like I'm, I'm stretched out. I feel better. I'm confident. That is what people that genuinely care about you do in your life. I love that he calls out this attribute in young Timothy. This is the kind of leader that he is. He genuinely and selflessly cares for people. Everyone should not look to their own interests, but rather the interests of others. Philippians 2, 4. Don't look out for your own interests, but for the interests of others. Can you imagine if we lived in a society that did this? 
where everything was not about themselves, but we lived out loving and caring and looking out for the interests of others? 1 Corinthians 10, 24. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of other people. Continue, verse 22, he says, but you know his proven character. Proven, tested. I've seen him in the highs. I've seen him in the lows. He's the same. It's been proven. This is a, pro a man of proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. I love an interview that happened recently with Coach Prime when they were uh, talking. I, I, Coach Prime is going to make it in most sermons. Just You know, it's relevant to where we are, fam. Shout-outs go bust. Big win yesterday. Uh, played like hot trash, but that's okay. It's, that's his quote, not mine. We walked away with a dub. Very proud of him. Anyways, um, it, somebody was asking him about his team's ability. And he said, I, I want to stop you right there. I care more about their character than I do their ability. He said, you can, you can, you can train and you can develop character uh, or, or ability. We can coach that. But he, I'm looking for people with strong character. And, and, and that's the thought that I had written down before as well, is that you can develop decent ability, but it's difficult to develop bad integrity. <clears throat> and he's, he said, oh, you can develop decent ability, but it's difficult to develop bad integrity. He's saying, no, I've seen this person. He is in the private who you see in the public. He's the same here that he'll be there. He's proven. He's been tested. He's been through some things. And I've seen that even in the hard times, he's Timothy, genuinely caring for others, men of good character. And in the good times, same guy. Timothy not only discipled him to honor God with his proven character, but he trained him to honor him in his gospel service because he says he served with me in the gospel ministry. I love he brings Timothy in as a young lad, and then he takes the time to develop him and to train him in the Lord before he sends him out. I love Paul's example with Timothy, and it makes me think about where we are today. Who are you, just as Paul discipled Timothy, and we'll see that spread to generations, who are you currently discipling? Who is apprenticing under you? Like, well, I'm not discipling anybody. I think discipling someone is an interesting concept. I'll change the question. Who are you influencing? No matter what, you are influencing somebody. Maybe it's somebody in your home, a spouse. Maybe you're influencing your kids. If, if you have a job, which I highly encourage it, you know, we highly encourage a job. Hard work. There's a sermon for that. If you have a job, you're influencing people in your workplace. No matter, no matter what job you have, you're influencing people. And the idea of discipling is you investing you take you leveraging your influence to invest something in that person so it may be a, a, a crazy idea and not necessarily biblical discipleship but it is very possible you are discipling someone the question is discipling them towards what or discipling them towards who someone is learning stuff from you someone is taking that influence from you but the question is wh where are they going from here 
Are they becoming more hope-filled in Jesus Christ? Are they becoming more grounded in the truth of God's word? Or are they just getting better at their craft? Or are they just getting encouraged? My encouragement for you would be that you just take that to another level and you disciple them in obedience to God's word, which is what we have been called and sent to do out of the Great Commission. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. Now, this doesn't have to be in a setting where you sit down with an open Bible. How many knows this can happen in conversations with people? Tell me about your life. Oh, you're going through a hard time. Let me tell you about a time I went through a really hard time and God brought me through it. That is you discipling somebody and how to go through a difficult time. That's you helping somebody take the next step on their faith journey. Who are you discipling? There is great impact when you pour into another person the truth of God's word and then you see them sent out to go do that again for another group of people. Paul did this. Timothy did this. Next we see Epaphroditus. It's a really cool name. I have a, a friend named his son, Epaph. It's a cool name, Epaph. Epaphroditus, another disciple, he says, but I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, coworker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need. The, the whole of you know, just the New Testament, as we look at the gospel narrative, it really is a story of being sent. So much of it is a story of being sent. Here we have God the Father, which we studied this, but God sent his one and only son. Then we see Jesus live on the earth. Then we see Jesus sending out his disciples. See him commission the apostle Paul. We see people sent. Then we see Paul send out more disciples. And that's how we're here. <laughs> because we keep being sent and we keep living sent. There's a partnership here. Paul partnered with the church and Timothy and Epaph to send them out. And Epaph partners with Paul on the church. But then we see Timothy partnering with Paul. Uh, and I, I was thinking... There's something beautiful to partnerships in the gospel. So what partnerships in your life are paving the way for the gospel to advance? As we see here in this story, what partnerships are you coming alongside of that allows you to be sent well? It says, therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy. Hold people like him in honor because he came close to death. How do, we, how do we serve and how do we love and honor those that are sent? We honor their time. We honor their treasure. We honor their affections. He says to give this man honor. Give him encourage. He almost died for this. I was thinking about Epaph. Which I guess one way to honor him is like, maybe I'll just say his full name, you know, Epaphroditus. He's with Paul in a state of deep sorrow and pain. 
in a very dangerous place, in prison for a very long time, and he's, he's enduring much hardship, and then he gets sick, but he doesn't want to leave Paul. He stays, in, he stays leaned into this relationship because he's, 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 he's here. I was thinking of the faith of this man, and I was thinking, I don't want to be sent across the street because I'm afraid of what and 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 share my faith and live out what I say or proclaim because I'm I'm afraid of how it might affect my relationship. Yet here we have disciples that were willing to give their full lives for the sake of the gospel and to lay their lives down. And so for me to for me to come up here and call up our house and to call up our church to live sent lives and be obedient. Let's be honest, how hard is that actually going to be for us? Anybody's saying, like, you're just, you're just asking too much. You're calling too high. You're doing too much. It's saying, have you read the New Testament? Paul, Paul is saying, I'm sending you out. You might die, but God is with you. I'm saying, do you want to go hand out primes on campus this Wednesday? I mean, I mean, this is like, this is an easy ask. But I believe God's calling us so much to so much more with this idea of living sin. It's a wherever you call, whatever you ask, wherever, God, the answer is yes. Sent to serve. John 20, 21, he says this. Pastor Shadonke, if you would, go ahead and come up. Um, I want to ask Pastor Shadonke if, if he would come and he's going to have a time of prayer for us here at the end of our service and we're going to have a moment where we're going to honor, honor them, honor their family. John 20, 21 says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Three ways to apply this before you leave. Number one, submit to God. Submit to God. So uh, during the prayer time that we're about to have and during the time of worship, would you just say a simple prayer to God? God, I submit to you. I submit. Whatever you call me to do, wherever you call me to go, the answer is yes. I already know you've called me to go somewhere. The answer is where? The answer is yes. Submit to God. Number two, seek the interest of others. Look for ways to love and serve other people with the genuine care and love concern this week. When people even just walk through the doors of this church, they should just be hit with just radical, intentional love. Man, I've just never been in a space where people loved me like them. I had to come back. Why do, you, why do you keep texting me? Why do you keep calling me? Why do you keep asking me all these questions about my life? You're so aggressive. Because we love you. Because Jesus loves you. Because we believe that you have a bigger story. We believe that God has a bigger plan for your life. You're going through a hard time, man. So I've been there. Some of you are like, man, I'm there right now. Let's do this thing together. There's a genuine love, a genuine care, a genuine concern. And then the third thing is, uh, let's live sin. 
You don't have to be sent when you live sent. Come on. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.